Hi, I'm Gail. Hi, I'm Ruby. We are two hot perimenopausal mindset coaches with a burning desire to help working women across the globe think differently about menopause. There is another way. It's mindset over menopause. Co-authors of the Working Women's Guide to Menopause, When the Heat is On, Don't Sweat It, we're delighted to bring you our bite-sized podcast show, Mind Over Menopause. On the show, we share stories from other women going through one of the three stages of menopause, peri, menopause and postmenopause. Grab a cuppa and listen to their story. Hello, I'm Gail Gibson and joined today with my partner, Ruby Maguire. Welcome to our podcast, Mind Over Menopause. The weekly show is filled with real life stories about women just like Ruby and me who are navigating the menopause journey with a positive mindset. Today's guest is Debs Carey. So hi, Debs, and welcome to the show. Hi, Ruby. Hi, Gail. Thank you so much. Welcome. I should say that I've navigated because I'm now 65. Hint in the hair. (laughs) But yes. Hopefully that will still be useful. Yes. Fantastic. So could you you. tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? Sure. Um, I am currently a a life and NLP coach working in the world of dating and relationships for women 50 and over. Um, So that's, that's my particular interest, but my past, gosh, I could go on forever there, so perhaps that's, <laughs> this is not the time. <laughs> Let's just say there's been a few transitions along the way. Fantastic, fantastic. So you're in post-menopause, as you said, because we like yes. to ask our guests what stage they're in. So Absolutely, um, yes. I'm sure you've got some tales to tell. So the first question I'll ask you then is, how did menopause affect you in your working life? I first started getting these signs that something was different when I was in my early to mid 40s. Um, I had weird things happening, like I had these hot flushes around my middle. Very weird. Um, but to be honest, other than weirdness, it didn't bother me until I had um, the, the, the sort of mega ghastly um, sort of Tarantino moment where I hadn't had a period for months and thought oh okay cool this is you know it's it's all it's that's where we are now um and then one arrived I was like mm, oh, okay um popped in the old tampon went to the pub with a friend and for lunch a, a work colleague for lunch and while we were there I had this sort of sensation like there was a geezer or a volcano in my insides went to the toilet and I mean I can't tell you it was literally horrific um my friend coped remarkably well because it, it was like a like a murder scene and from then on I think I it was a long long time it was months before they got they got the hang of it um initially they thought it was a miscarriage and and I was like no no sex for a while so no can't be that um and yeah that went on for a long time they tried a whole variety of drugs to control the bleeding um, they would work for like a week and then it would all come straight back. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sleeping. I couldn't, you know, I could just about do my commute to work, which was on half an hour with, you know, uh, the, the one thing I didn't try was um, incontinence pads, which I later discovered a colleague of mine had actually had to resort to as well. So that was it. It went on a long time. 
putting me on the pill stopped it, but it, it wasn't a long-term solution, as you'll both know. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, doctors were just kind of like, meh, meh, meh. you'll also be very familiar with that. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the problem. I literally couldn't do anything. I felt on hyper alert. Mm. You know, you know what it's like. You feel that clot come out and you know if there's another one that's it you are bleeding everywhere you know you are no longer the professional person in their nice outfit you're oh dear look at that mm. um so yes mm. it's very very limiting yeah very mm. limiting mm. and I was fortunate I worked for a small company where they were quite understanding you know I didn't have to go into detail they just acknowledged that there were issues and they let me get on with it but I would imagine in certain environments that would be Horrific, horrific. Mm. You, I can see people giving up work mm. because it would be so overpowering. Mm. Not manageable. You also mentioned yeah. that there were some mood, extreme mood swings for you as well. Yes, yes, because absolutely. Grief and paranoia and agoraphobia. Oh, so other that, things. That was actually a bit later on. Um, mm. That was um, sort of later on in my journey. And that actually happened when I was in my early 50s. Um, I'd been on um, the Mirena coil, sorry, the Mirena coil was what actually mm. uh, controlled the bleeding. But in my early 50s, I went through, yes, this, this weird period where I just had one, one emotion after the other, which sort of started at a low level and then rumped all the way up, all the way up until I kind of almost hit madness and then stopped. And then I'd get the next emotion. Um, and that was quite um, extreme. Um, mm. I'd been to see a doctor who said, right, okay, you know, HRT, um, but we need a clear mammogram, which I hadn't had yet because of moving. And I went for a mammogram and discovered a tiny, tiny, tiny lump and actually had breast cancer. So instantly HRT was ruled out. Mm. Um, so yeah, funnily enough, those particular symptoms stopped then. Mm. So was that menopause or was that the body saying something else? Mm. You know, we'll never know. <laughs> Maybe in time, somebody will put these things together with research and find out a lot more. But yeah, yeah. Mm. But yes, it, it was, you know, again, very difficult. Work, fortunately, working from home. So I could talk to clients while crying because they didn't know I was crying mm. because it was prior to Zoom being the normal way of, of communication. Now I don't know how on earth I'd have managed, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But yes, I went through paranoia. That was awful. Agoraphobia. Um, Yeah, just awful, awful, awful thing. Yeah, I went out to visit a friend and and stood in front of a parking meter trying to work out how much money to put in the machine for how long we were going to be in London. Couldn't do it. (laughs) And had a complete breakdown, a complete meltdown, had to get in my car and only felt safe when I got inside my flat and shut the door yeah that was that was probably the the lowest point I would say for me I could not I was a very social person I lived alone you know that was kind of like my lifeline being taken away so I can't imagine what it would have been like to live with that all the time I had a snapshot of it and it was grim it was really grim Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that you've gone through that it sounds absolutely 
it was entertaining. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. was fortunate. You come out the other side. Ex- I was going to say, now I can look back and think mm. I, would, I survived, yeah. I made it, I had good friends, I had love and support. But if I'd lived with that all the time, I don't mm. know what would have happened. Certainly, the interesting mm. thing was once I did get into, into treatment for cancer, for my breast cancer, um, you know, they did question whether I should be still having the Myrena coil. And a best friend of mine went off at the deep end because mine was hormone receptive. And I actually said to her, I don't think you understand. I cope now because I'm not hemorrhaging effectively. Um, if I added that, I would not cope. Um, and I think for me, that that aspect of it was was the bit that was, you know, um, the worst. Yeah. So I did keep it up and my, my doctors were actually perfectly happy. I think it's a very personal journey, isn't it? It's interesting because that same friend actually ended up having um horrible horrible hot flushes you know literally wasn't able to go more than sort of you know a few minutes um and despite there being cancer in her family she was on hrt faster than you could say jack robinson Mm. so it is i don't judge that it is very much you can it's your life and you have to decide how you live it definitely you find your own coping mechanisms don't you like you said you had that that medical support as well the intervention of the coil but you have to find your own way um there wasn't a single doctor who came up with that recommendation Mm -hmm. i actually found that from talking to somebody who Mm -hmm. said oh i've got that and it saved my life and i went back and talked to my gp who said oh yeah yeah did i not talk to you about that oh who was a female gp I also mentioned it to a consultant who had um, been investigating the problem. And she went, oh, yes, yes, that cuts it down by about 50, 50, in 50% of people. Did, did no one suggest that to you? And it's like, again, female consultant. Um, so it doesn't actually, I mean, I hate to think what it would have been like if, it, if they'd been male, to be honest. So, yes, there isn't, there doesn't seem to be. There certainly wasn't at the time, and I'd not be at all surprised to find that the situation hasn't changed. Mm. Um, I was horrified to discover recently that medical schools have only just started to teach medicine based on a woman's body, not a man's body. So how is it that doctors, you know, are we, why are we surprised that doctors don't know this stuff? Mm. Mm. So, yeah. It's, okay, it's, I'll, I'll let you ask the next one. Seeing as I jumped in, <laughs> not a not a problem at all. So I think you you've you've covered a, a couple of those first questions. Yes. So you know, what else did you find that really helped you to cope with it um, and to to win through? You know, getting to that stage where you you had the medical support, you had the friends around you. Was there anything else that really helped you cope with and and come through it? Um, yes, I would say good right nutrition. Frame of mind. Mm. Good nutrition. Mm. Um, I, I engaged a nutritionist who was terrific, and yeah, it enabled me to look at you know the way the way we ate, the way we drank, what we did, um, and we changed to a completely um, organic diet uh, as far as possible, and that certainly calmed down a lot of things. Um, I took a number of supplements again on on her advice. She took, you know, hair samples and tested and I, you know, I still actually have and use her questionnaire 
to establish what my body might be needing and what it you know what it's now okay and it's got enough of so mm-hmm. I found that tremendously tremendously helpful yes mm-hmm. very much fantastic. so fantastic um interestingly when I had those um when I had those symptoms prior to my breast cancer diagnosis I'd just gone to see uh, I just engaged um, a herbalist uh, to try and work through those issues um, but of course with the diagnosis she uh, being a total professional was like no you know we don't we don't get involved when you're having you know treatment for cancer we have to step aside mm. and let that um, you know let, let, let that do its do its thing so yeah mm. fantastic you had those mm. lifelines to go to as well that you say you you stepped up and it was it helped you with that mindset which is what Ruby and I write about in our book that thought, okay, there's other ways that I can help myself manage this. So the nutrition and, and that, that really helps you um, to, to move through in a better way. Totally. Totally. I mean, I can, I can see now that those early stages, I, w- I was not in a particularly good place. I hadn't, I hadn't come to see the power of meditation of mindset. Mm. Certainly if I'd had those tools the tools that I I I now use every day Mm -hmm. I think it would have been a lot easier I wouldn't have felt quite so um desperate you know Mm -hmm. that I think was the worst part was um I was in a an an unsupported relationship not that um you know that he was a bad person he was just a weak person who stood around and said well you you tell me what to do and I'll do it um whereas kind of sometimes you know and that's one of the times you do need you do need somebody in your court who is actively fighting for you. Um, and it's why I can totally see how a lot of relationships grind to a halt at that point. For sure, um, for sure. Yeah. Mm. So back so. to you, Ruby, for the last question. Mm. So what one piece of advice can you share for women who are going through the same or similar experience to what you've been through? Be active. Be your own advocate. Do the research. Poke, prod. Don't just go away. If a doctor sort of kind of or whatever, ask the questions, keep poking, keep poking. Is there anything? Are you sure there's not something you haven't mentioned yet? Is there is there something I could be trying? Because mm-hmm. discovering that those doctors had options, they just hadn't got around to mentioning them to me was pretty life changing. Um, but also be open to everything, be open across the whole spectrum. Um, you know, the, the, the traditional medicine uh, alternatives, all of those sort of things, you know, um, acupuncture was such a revelation for me as somebody who was terrified of needles. So really be completely open um, because the answer isn't a one size fits all. It, mm. it is it is you. So and you are the best person to know what works for you. So try it. Mm, fantastic advice. Thank everything please can you share your details with how listeners can get in touch with you sure yes um it's nice and easy my website is actually debscary.com so that's straightforward i'm also on linkedin and every now and again i pop in on in and out on uh, instagram as well <laughs> but again you'll always find Brilliant. me under my name debs carey wherever wherever you look for me so yeah. you know if if menopause has wrecked your relationship and you do want to try again um yeah that's what I did. Uh, came out the other side, happy, and I am incredibly passionate about helping people do the same. Fantastic, fantastic! Thank you very much for sharing your story on Mind Over Menopause. It's been lovely getting to know more about you, and enjoy. Thank the rest you of your so day. much for in, yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been lovely to meet you. Thanks, Dibs. My pleasure. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to today's show and the story our guest shared. Every woman's experience of menopause is different. Our aim is for you to feel inspired, know that you're not on your own and choose to take back control. If you'd like to be a guest on our show or find out more about us and the work we do, you'll find all the details in the show notes. As a gift, you can also download a free extract from our book. Ruby and I look forward to sharing your story soon.